This program is brought to you by Grand Valley State University. We're talking today with Mr. George Tabar of Grand Rapids, Michigan. The interviewer is James Smither of the Grand Valley State University Veterans History Project. Now, Mr. Tabar, can you begin by giving us a little bit of background? Uh, where were you born, for instance? I was born uh, in the southeast end of Grand Rapids on Ewing Street, which is uh, just south and just south of Hall Hall and Kalamazoo. All right. And uh, I yeah. was. And, and when were you born? In uh, four twenty-three, four thirteen twenty-three. All right. Now, what did your father do for a living? My father was a huckster. That's where they had produce on uh, vehicles. When he started out, he had a horse and wagon, mm -hmm. and then they'd go have a neighborhood and uh, go to these neighborhoods, and uh, they would shout out that they were there, and then ladies would come out to the wagon and pick out their produce for the day or for the week. And how long did he do that? Was he doing it all through the 30s, or did he have to find other work? He did that, gosh, probably, probably to the, gosh, I really don't know exactly. Uh, he had to, he had to add to it eventually because the retail markets came in mm -hmm. and uh, so, yeah, I don't know, remember exactly when he finished that. Well, do you remember him doing uh, other work while you were still in school? Before he went off to the army, uh, well, he he had a trash route that he did, and we also uh, went to different um, coal companies, and we he'd take his stuff off in the truck and stuff, and he'd haul coal to supplement his income, mm -hmm. and uh, that was through the depression in right. '29. And they had just built a new house in 1927, and under the Depression in 29, and mm -hmm. the crash, and uh, they saved it. They, so uh, they managed to keep the house? Yeah. My, uh, my mother was a great manager, and uh, so, yeah, they saved her. Now, how many kids were in the family? There, there was, uh, well, my mother was married before, and mm -hmm. she was... Uh, Seven months pregnant uh, when her husband passed on in the flu epidemic. Mm -hmm. And my dad lost his wife in uh, the flu epidemic. And they married, and it must have been around in 1918, something like mm -hmm. that, because they married in 1920. Right. And I was born in 1923. Mm -hmm. So I had. I had a brother from my dad's side, mm -hmm. and I had a brother from my mother's side. So it's your kid and my kid are fighting with our kid. All right. <laughs> that must have been interesting at times. Okay. Uh, now, did you finish high school? No, I didn't. How long did you stay in school? I was, uh, oh, probably in the 10th grade or so. Okay. And then why did you leave? Just to go work, or you were tired of school, or? I guess probably tired of school. I went back and finished uh, my high school afterwards, mm -hmm. after the service. Right. So what did you do then after you left school? I, I went to work for uh, Michigan Bakery. 
I worked uh, on the corner of uh, Wealthy and Division, where Michigan Bakery was, mm -hmm. and I worked in the, there, uh, loading trucks and so forth. And, uh, okay. Now, uh, you know, while you're, you're doing this, you're a teenager, you're out of school, uh, before Pearl Harbor, did you pay any attention to what was going on in the world, or did the world just kind of consist of your own life at that point? I guess just consistent in my own life. Yeah. So you weren't really thinking about getting no. into a war or anything yeah, like no. that? No. no. Now, do you remember how you heard about Pearl Harbor? Over the radio, very likely. Mm -hmm. There wasn't television. We didn't have television oh. at that time. Oh. And uh, then all we knew was radios. Mm -hmm. And when the news came out, uh, how did the people you know uh, react to it? Did your friends oh. start joining the army or that kind of oh, thing? Some of them did, yes. Uh, my dad just said, uh, take things, uh, don't volunteer for anything, take it as they come, but don't mm -hmm. back out for anything you get assigned to. And, so the idea was maybe wait, wait until you get drafted, drafted but, yeah. but when you get drafted, yeah. then you go. Yeah, that's uh, right. Okay, so uh, when did you get drafted? I got drafted in uh, four, January of 43, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was inducted in January 15, well, I was, originally went in uh, January 8 of 43, mm -hmm. and I, I left from home and uh, signed up in uh, Battle Creek mm -hmm. uh, January 15. Okay, so you went to Fort Custer then? Fort Custer, yes. All right. Now, where did they send you from there? From there, they tell you nothing. Mm -hmm. Everything is a secret. But we we had our our clothing issues, and we got an overcoat. All of us were thinking, well, we're, this is in in the winter, mm -hmm. and we were thinking, well, man, this would be nice. We go to some warm climate. But we got overcoat, and it, somebody said, well, everybody gets an overcoat. But then we get on the train, still didn't know where we were going, and uh, the train took off, and we headed north, mm -hmm. and we everybody was, at that time, everybody was guessing where we were going. We had no idea. And until we reached uh, way up north, we got on the ferry uh, to cross uh, the channel there, to, and then somebody made this statement, well, there's only one place. There's a place at Fort Brady up in Sault Ste. Marie. Mm -hmm. That's where we're headed. And, of course, this is before there was a bridge across the yes, Mackinac Straits. Yes, before there was yeah. a bridge, yes. Yeah. They, though they, everything was ferry. They had these big ferries. To, they'd load railroad cars, mm -hmm. trucks, everything on them. And, uh, so so you, go to, you go to Fort Brady then. Now, what did that look like when you got there? Cold. <laughs> All right. Uh, it was a real cold, snowy spot. We thought we had winters here mm -hmm. until we got up there. Then they had real winters. And, uh, and is this where you did your basic training then? That's where we did our basic training. Uh, we did our basic training, plus uh, we guarded the Sioux locks and the Canadian locks in between. Mm -hmm. Training. All right. Now, what did your basic training consist of? What did they have you do? Oh, physically, I mean, get us, get our bodies in shape. Mm -hmm. We had calisthenics every morning. I mean, we'd lay lay on the. We had to 
have that every morning and then you'd lay on your back and then bring your feet up and then the, we had a, a lieutenant there, he'd get your feet about three inches off the ground and he'd say, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, <laughs> like you couldn't hold it anymore. And then about a few days, boy, those old stomach muscles just start aching. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it was, in the long run, it was great for us. Now, were you doing these exercises indoors or outdoors? Uh, indoors. Uh, they had a gym or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah they had a gym, yeah. Until, uh, until the weather broke and uh, we had warm weather, then we'd go outside. And then we did uh, also, you know, running with your rifles and falling. Uh, they teach you how to fall and, and you put all the weight on the butt of the gun and to break the fall. And, uh, oh. Was there a lot of emphasis on discipline? Absolutely. Oh, terrible, terrible. A lot of, I mean, different from today. Mm -hmm. Much different. So how did they treat you? How did the drill sergeants treat you, recruits? We were, we were treated well, uh, but they were stern. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure it isn't like today. I mean, they taught you respect. I mean, you had to respect everything above you and the flag and the officers and everything. So you had to know how to salute and who to salute that's and right. that, that kind of thing? That's right. You saluted every officer and that you passed and so forth. Now, did you have any problems with the discipline? Did you get into trouble or sent off to KP or things like that? Mm, yeah, that's hard to remember. I imagine I did, but uh, yeah, not not anything that I can think of, or anything serious. Mm -hmm. Now, did most people seem to adjust to the discipline pretty well? I mean, they learned how to be a soldier pretty quickly, and uh, yeah, most generally speaking, yes. There's there was exceptions to to everyone when you take a group of guys uh, mm -hmm. out of civilian life and mix them into army life, you're, you get all kinds. And do you remember any cases of people who got into real trouble with the sergeants or the officers or who just didn't adjust well? Well, just before we were to, to ship out to go uh, overseas, a couple of guys out of the company held up the a theater, theater, they held up the theater. And they thought, you know, we were shipping out the next day, but it didn't work. Uh, they, we had, everybody had to pray between these, uh, in front of these people that were held up, and they picked them up. Uh, and uh, those so guys got sent out. They went into a theater and pointed guns at people or something? They, they, I don't know what they did, but I know <laughs> they, they held them up. And, uh, yeah, oh yeah, you know. And, it's just like college, I guess. You kid, kids get uh, freedom, get away from their parents, and well, you take young young guys from mm -hmm. their teens, early twenties, and and fortunately, we went into an established company, an older company. Mm -hmm. We had older guys, mm -hmm. and they mixed us younger guys in with them. Huh. So now, when did that happen? Was that at Fort Brady? Or? At Fort Brady, yes. Okay. I think it originally was the 131st Infantry mm -hmm. that we went into. Right. And then sometime along the way, 
we switched over to the 156th Infantry. Okay. And then, uh, and then were you a particular company of the 156th? Were you the company F? Company F. Company F, the 156th Infantry. All right. Now, um, how long were you at Fort Brady, do you think? We left in August of 43 for overseas. We went to New York and we were in a quarantine outfit there in New York. And then on September 5th, 1943, we shipped out. Okay. Now, let's back up a little bit again. Uh, at Fort Brady, you had basic training. Did you get any specialized training there? Were you trained for any particular job? Well, we, when, we, when we were at uh, the locks, we were a, kind of a show showcase, you know, uh, shoes shine, mm -hmm. buttons shine, to, to mean, people would see you and you were supposed to stand out as a, uh, an example to the rest of the world. And uh, yeah, we, we stood on the, on the Sioux locks as the ships would come through. Mm -hmm. They'd go both, be going both ways. And but did you get any particular training for any particular type of job? Uh, just that we were guards and so we had to have uh, orders mm -hmm. uh, for each individual post. There was special orders for that particular post. Uh, but you were not officially military policemen or anything like no, that? No, no, we were you not. Were, you were just ordinary soldiers who we had these just assignments? Just ordinary soldiers, yes. Okay. All right. Now, what kind of ship did they put you on uh, to cross the Atlantic? We went on the USS Alexander. And what was that? That was a troop ship. Mm -hmm. And at September 5th, it was one, at that time, it was one of the biggest convoys that uh, they had sent across. And uh, I remember when we passed in front of the Statue of Liberty, a bunch of us guys would say, well, we'll probably never see that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, which we didn't. We came back through Boston, but anyway, uh, then we were we were out. It was a big convoy, and then we hit a storm, and uh, also I think there was torpedo boats around us because mm -hmm. they were dropping depth charges. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, our ship, the USS Alexander, sprung a leak, and uh, we. Uh, as we were traveling along uh, this storm, it was pretty rough. In fact, uh, we had lost three men overboard. Uh, they, uh, yeah, you say, how could it happen? Well, they grabbed onto something to hold onto on the ship and mm -hmm. that let loose, and they hung onto it and went over with it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I remember myself seeing one guy out there and you're just going away, and mm -hmm. he's out there bobbing in the ocean. But there's, of course, there's other ships behind you. They're not all right in line. Mm -hmm. but, uh, well, was the storm during the day or at night? This was uh, in the day. Okay, the, so you could see something, and oh, maybe yeah, you'd you get could, rescued. Yeah, because I remember seeing the battle wagon we had off next to us. You'd see it, and then it, it would go right through the water. Mm -hmm. You just, it would, the waves would just run over the right over the top of this ship. You. You'd see it, and it would be gone. Mm -hmm. And the ocean would swell, man, just big holes in the ocean. Mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden, you'd be up high, yep. and then you'd be down. Well, anyway, there, uh, as we were going, we we sprung this leak. Well, we had, we had also, we had funeral services 
on the ship for these three guys mm -hmm. that went overboard. 